You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. We have a new Sixers head coach. And it honestly turned out better than I thought. You know, I think both of us thought when we did this podcast about two weeks ago. Nick Nurse, new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Phillies continue to <coughs> just be there. They're not, they really have made no waves whatsoever. Um, you know, the Eagles, the Flyers, the Flyers have a new uh, president of hockey operations, which actually we couldn't talk about. We didn't, uh, the old pre show uh, meeting, which is usually a minute long, we didn't talk about that, but we can talk about that. And our, <coughs> your favorite team, the Boston Celtics. Falls short of making history. It is not his favorite team. I won't put that on anyone that I like. Uh, yeah, they, they fall short of making history against Miami Heat. I guess uh, I have given a long enough intro to introduce you, Ty. Ty, how are you feeling today on this post-Memorial Day weekend Tuesday? Slightly better. I had some kind of deathly virus that almost took my life uh, for the last six days. So hopefully getting over that. I have the humidifier going. I have the heated blanket. I have everything oh, I need. Shit. Hopefully, I don't die. Um, but yeah, feeling pretty good. New week, almost the end of the month, which is kind of crazy. This year is already flying, flying by. Um, we're almost in June, which is crazy. I have to make a return trip to the old A five six. So go. stay tuned. Stay tuned for uh, some some news on that. Um, and yeah, we got a we got a new head coach in Philly. We go from a doc to a nurse. Yep. So uh, plenty we'll of those see. jokes going around us all. <laughs> uh, Rathers fans not happy. <clears throat> Always love that. Um, so I, and the future is still very, very uncertain for the Sixers. So you know, it is it is nice that we have a coach and you know a prominent coach, one that uh, helped helped eliminate us in one of the worst uh, defeats we've seen. For which sure, still stings. Oh yeah, but. Uh, it's good to have him back. I think he's kind of had a weird stretch of run with the uh, Raptors ever since 2019. Some injuries, and the team kind of fell apart. Obviously, Kawhi left right away, right after they won. So so let's give a little bit of, uh, I guess, background on Mr. Nick Nurse. He was a player at Northern Iowa. He's from Iowa. He's 55 years old. He was the obvious head coach of the world champion Toronto Raptors in 2019. Uh, I mean, this guy has played everywhere. He's been everywhere. I guess shouldn't shouldn't say played everywhere. He's kind of been everywhere. He only played for the Derby Rams in the uh, in the British Basketball League, which was uh <laughs> the, it was a, quite a team they folded in 2002, so uh rest in peace to them. But Northern Iowa, South Dakota, uh the the Birmingham Bullets, which is also another basketball league, team. Uh, team in uh, Britain, uh, the Manchester Giants. This guy is a British basketball legend, apparently. But uh, he was all over the place. His coaching career started in uh, 1989, and it has spanned all the way throughout those years. So eventually he got to the league <clears throat> Excuse me, in 2013, an assistant under Dwayne Casey of the Raptors, I believe. Uh, he did that for five years, and then he took over for him after he was let go. And he's an NBA champion. He won Coach of the Year in 2020. He had Kawhi Leonard, obviously. He lost Kawhi Leonard and then still put together very competitive teams to uh, give, I mean, plenty of teams in the NBA trouble. They they were just lacking of that superstar and that talent. I mean, you have a guy like Fred Van Vliet who has turned into a very good player during his time there. Uh, Pascal Siakam, who has also turned into a very good player since he's been there. So it's... um, I think this is a good uh, – I say all that to basically just give a little bit of overview for anybody who doesn't really know much, just hears his name over and over again. You're like, who the hell is this Nick Nurse guy? Well, that's Nick Nurse. And I am very – I got to say, it, it went about as well as uh, I thought it could have gone when we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I, I didn't think they were going to get Nick Nurse because I thought he was going to go somewhere like Phoenix or Milwaukee. He dropped his name out of the Milwaukee job for – Whatever reason, we haven't really heard what the exact uh, reasoning for that was. But 
I don't know. I guess how do you feel, Ty? Do you, do you? I mean, obviously, it's this isn't the like, oh, here we go, championship time. It's time to it's time to take care of business. But I mean, I don't think you could have done much better than in in all reasonable terms than this. Uh, they obviously will change the roster. They will do that and do whatever they need to do on that end. But I mean, what what can you say really? It, it's I think. This is a big step up from Doc Rivers. That's basically my whole my whole feeling from this. Yeah, for sure. Did you know Nick Nurse uh, could play the guitar? Mm-mm. He played. He played played for some band at a Toronto concert and did a cover of Stevie Wonder's "Stein Seal Delivered." I'm yours. Oh wow! On guitar, he did it. He did it on stage in front of a sold out concert. I already like him more than Doc, just for that. Um, has a PhD in sports leadership, whatever that is. Um, he's just I, I we know what we got with uh, with Doc, right? Everybody knew I think when we hired him that it wasn't a good idea. But maybe, you know, we had a good team and he's he's a veteran, he's been there before with multiple teams. We knew it was going to be a disaster, I think deep down. And it, and it, I don't want to say it was, but it kind of was, right? Um, especially this year, the way this year ended. Yeah, it was definitely time to go in a different direction. Nick Nurse, obviously, all the experience you said. He's only 55, seems kind of young. Um, it's really just up to Daryl Morey now to, to really you know, build a competent roster um, or at least help. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they're going to go in, re- in, in full rebuild mode like a lot of people have been talking about. Um, no. It's a cute idea, but it's just not something that's they're not going to do. It's not realistic. They were yeah. trying to build a stadium and trying to market this team to people and be like, "Hey, this is what we you should give us hundreds of millions of dollars to yeah. tear up a part of your city and build a stadium there." You can't do that if your best player is Tyrese Maxey. Now, I I think that might have to be the inevitable um, way the franchise goes if within the next three four years they kind of you know make 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 some mistakes, which is possible, you know, if they give oh, Tyrese yeah. Maxey a big contract, if if Hard- if they don't really replace Harden, if Embiid starts getting hurt more, uh, into you know, he's about to be 30, right? So into his 30s, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, with Embiid still in his prime, seemingly getting better the last couple of years each year, um, although still disappointed in the playoffs, you got to keep him around, got to build around him. So, yeah, like I said, it's going to be up to Daryl Morey really now. We have Nick Nurse. We'll see what kind of assistance he brings in if we lose any. Um, so I'm definitely excited to get a, a new guy in there. Really, I mean, when's the last time we had a good, a good solid coach? Doc Rivers has all the wins and, and you know, finals appearances and whatnot, but uh, he wasn't really a good coach. I mean, the guy before him was one of the worst. So it's been quite a, lo- quite a while. Yeah, they somehow have felt like – it really was I, I they felt like the same team from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers. I mean they maybe they were made little adjustments or little improvements or <laughs> deficiencies here or there, but all in all they just felt like same old Sixers. It always did. Uh Brett's team probably Brett's team's probably played a little bit better defense or more focused on the defensive end, I would say. But I mean Doc, uh you know, Joel took a big big leap uh under under Doc Rivers and I don't really think that's necessarily from him as much as it is Joel just growing as a player. I think the big thought process behind Nick Nurse is that he's going to get the most out of these guys. And uh you know, I hear he's going to play the Joel 44 minutes in a game against Charlotte in December and that's Good. something that Already he does. did uh you know. Yeah, exactly. Like which I don't understand why people are like I guess that's non Sixers fans who are just trying to kind of shit yeah, on the hire, but it's like just typical trying to you know make jokes saying, "Oh, by game by game forty five, Embiid's going to be hurt." Listen, that happens every year. Like you're telling us what's already going to happen. It's that, you know saying he's going to play a lot of minutes and he's going to ride Embiid. Yeah, probably. I mean, if he if he's not given a feasible backup, if Montrez Harrell is the backup center that Nick Nurse has handed, I'm sure he's going to play Joel Embiid forty minutes a game. Like you know have what I mean? Choice. So. Yeah, and I mean, Embiid obviously would probably play forty-eight minutes himself if it was up to him. So, him and Daryl Morey have uh, history. Daryl Morey was uh, with the Rockets from two thousand seven to two thousand twenty, and I believe Nick Nurse was there. Uh, I believe helping the or head coaching of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So uh, he was, well, yeah, he was in a position of power there. So at least they know each other; they're familiar with each other, and. Daryl Morey made the decision to come here. He could have gone to, you know, he could have gone to Phoenix. 
he could have gone to Milwaukee. He could have gone to places where there was, uh, you know, at, at the very least, equal amount of talent, um, if not better. And he decided to come here. So I think that is a positive. I think this is only can be looked at as a positive. There's really no negative way to look at this. They couldn't have done. They really couldn't have done much better with, with the head coach. And we all know. We're all going to say this as a defense mechanism. This doesn't solve everything. This doesn't fix the problems. Yes, but you can admit it, folks, when there is a step in the right direction. And this definitely seems like a step in the right direction. Yeah. Also, uh, two-time D League when it was called the D League uh, NBA champion in two, 2011 and 13 with those Vipers. So, what an electric seasons! I, those are some electric <laughs> seasons back then, man. I know we were both uh, riding and dying with the Vipers back then. So it's yeah. Uh, I mean, the Sixers weren't really uh, winning many games, so had to go for somebody. Yeah, so he like he he, get, he had much success in the D League. Went right. He had twenty three of his players on his rosters called up to the NBA. So it seems like he was uh, doing <laughs> doing a good job there. And I guess the next question I'll ask you is uh, the the I mean, Joe. So it seems like Joel was on board with this. It seemed like he was so not involved, but they let him meet him and were like, "Hey, are you cool with this?" Those two have obviously had a little back and forth through the years. Off of him saying basically he's a flop artist and he gets all these fouls and then Joel it's chirping him at the end of uh, I believe game four of that playoff series or game three one of the one of the games but um, <laughs> told him to stop bitching about fouls <laughs> basically yeah so it, it, those two have had their uh, history I guess the bigger question since it seems like they're okay and that they're cool with that. What do you think this means for James Harden? Uh, a little bit of reports. Excuse me. Recently, have uh, come out that he's trying to lean, or there's an appetite for him to sign, which was the exact words for Brian Windhorse. Interesting word choice by Brian Windhorse, but of course, um, <laughs> four years, two hundred million dollars max max contract. He would be what thirty seven, thirty eight by the time that expired. I personally yeah. have no appetite for that whatsoever. That actually makes me ill and sick to my stomach. So I guess I'll ask you, Ty. Do you believe really believe any of this? discussion that he's going to go to Houston and that they're going to sign him to a max contract. I mean, I, 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 I think he would go there if they offered it to him, but I just, for the life of me, don't understand why the Rockets would want to do that to themselves. Yeah. I think they have the flexibility to do it, but um, I feel like it would be a smaller term, smaller year, maybe like a, you know, 300 or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know really how teams value him. I don't, I don't value him that high. I know he had that, uh, you know, what, 40-something 40, 40 points in game one uh, against Boston? 45 and then 42 in game uh, game four, I believe. He definitely still has you know shot-making ability, definitely has uh, playmaking ability, but the defense is still something you are just going to have to live with because he doesn't play any, and he just never will. Um, he's also now, if he wants to, he's, he's older and slower, so it's really not going to matter. He's still a strong body, but like how many times do we see him fall asleep on back screens? You know what I mean? Especially in the playoffs, that's just free points that uh, that just can't happen. Same thing that uh, Duncan Robinson and the Heat did uh, strongly in Game Seven to Boston was uh, you know back cuts, exposing Al Horford's old slow self, which is awesome to see. Um, so you know Harden's still definitely capable, but you're, you're probably going to get a lot of turnovers. You're going to get a lot of games where he doesn't do much offensively. He's not going to the free throw line as much. Um, I, he does a lot of drive and kick, which yeah. you know, it, it just he leaves a lot to be to, to be desired. And if you give him four years, I mean, you can. He's four not two hundred million dollars. He's not that kind of player anymore, man. I think I it's pretty like simple. He definitely be a has the ability. Deal guy. Yeah, but like even like I would, if I were the Sixers, two would be okay with me, or maybe like I, I maybe two with a player option for a third or something like. It's not even really. It's just more the four-year max. I don't think he's worthy of fifty million dollars a year, a max contract. I just We're I have him be that. That's what, yeah, so. but I have a tough time. Just he, I think, can help this team. I really, unfortunately, think that they they are kind of screwed in the sense that I would love to walk away from the table and not have him and just let him walk and be done with it. But we're in such a, a, a cap problem that we kind of have no choice but to bring him back. And I, I just wanted to be on the on the right contract, and I would be willing to let him walk if it's really like 
if it's oh well, you have no choice it's either me going here for four years 200 or i'm going to go to houston for four years and whatever 180 yeah. it's probably be a little less but yeah i'll, I'll drive you there uh, take care james it's not really that uh the end of the world for me because at, at the end of the day if they don't get james harden they probably won't be that good next year they will probably be a four or five seed, and they will probably lose in the second round, right? It would probably be the same thing. But yeah. at the very least, they will have that flexibility, and they will have Tobias Harris's contract coming off the books next year, and they will be able to make some big plays for some free agents uh, in that class, which is not a – I mean, I, I don't ever like when people are like, oh, well, we can, have, we can save money. We can get Jalen Brown. You know, it's like, uh, listen, that's not going to change the what's going on here. He, Joel Embiid needs a legit – Second co-star, and he needs a good roster. Like in the same way that maybe Nikola Jokic has in Denver, when Jamal yeah. Murray has decided to become that exactly what we could use right next to Joel Embiid, and everyone's wow, look how good Jokic is. Jokic was disappearing in portions of those games, and you didn't notice because Jamal Murray was you know shooting, making seven threes in the second half, or just he could not be guarded. That's the difference between teams like that and teams like the Sixers. When when Joel goes to sleep, nobody nobody picks up the uh, the weight for him. It's just they we just look horrible. James is dribbling in, throwing it out of bounds, dribbling in, trying to draw a foul, dribbling in, throwing it off the backboard. You're, okay, like I they they it, the same problems we talked about a couple uh, weeks ago, and you can go back and listen to that raw, <laughs> angry podcast that me and Ty did, where we just kind of just vented our feelings out about the Sixers that day. A lot of those yeah, problems well. still remain with the roster, and I really do honestly think Joel is going to come. Or sorry, not Joel. James is going to come back. I think Harden it will somehow come back here on a deal that we won't like, but it won't be horrible if that makes sense. Do you, where do you? Th- well, I guess I would ask you where your gut tells you he's what's going to end up with him. I think he's probably gone, but I guess you I think guess he maybe goes a new to coach. Yeah, I think he does. Honestly, I think him and Daniel House probably go back to Houston. You know, they can they can uh, go have fun at the clubs over there in Houston. He's going to be 34 by the time he dribbles a basketball again. Yeah, so he has a player option. Harold and uh, Daniel House, for some for some godforsaken reason, have uh, player options as well. Um, yeah, man, if he really wants that four two ten or four hundred or whatever two hundred, um, I don't know. I, I really don't see a market for it. Me like I don't, I, I don't, you know. But Jalen Brown is going to get a five-year, two hundred ninety-five million dollars supermax from the Celtics, possibly, which is insane. Just quite insane to even think about. Um, and they also need to give Tatum a, a five-year, three hundred ten million dollars extension next offseason. So they're going to be in a in a little bit of trouble too. I would, I'm, I'm good on Jalen Brown. He can't even use his left hand. So yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what what they're really is out there realistically. <clears throat> I love Bradley Beal. I just don't, I, I don't see him as the number two that Joel, Joel Embiid needs. <clears throat> I feel like Joel Embiid needs a one, a rather than, or a one B rather than a, a sidekick. You know what I mean? I feel like he needs somebody to kind of help carry him. He's really not been a playoff performer much at all. I mean, the Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks series, he didn't do shit. That was pathetic. Um, I know a lot of people blame Ben Simmons cause he had zero points that game, but um, and beat has really, really had his uh, struggle Th- this year, you know, just not trying and then, you know, blaming other people. Um, Br- Damian Lillard is the clear number one choice, but I-, I just don't think, you know, they have the number three pick. They have a couple of stud young guards. Um, I don't really think they're going to be eager to move him, but I'm not too sure. I'm, I-, I just don't know what else there is to really do. Chris Middleton, you want to go out and get him? I'm no. getting like 33 himself. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm not shy. It's just going to have to be some kind of trade option. I mean, <laughs> do you want Chris Paul? Would you like no. Chris Paul? I mean, like, yeah. So, Only in that, like, in the sense that if we can get out from under James Harden and get something back for him in a sign and trade, like, that would be – that's the only situation. Like, I, I wouldn't like to do that, but, like, for just next year, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing. We, we would still stink, so, but it, I think it's yeah. basically just a – like it's the same thing. It just kind of keep it like it, losing his contract. Unfortunately, does nothing for us, which sucks. But if we didn't have Tobias Harris, then we would have a lot of salary. So maybe 
in, in that situation, he'd be able to flip Tobias Harris and trade a, a first-round pick with him for to some team to kind of just salary dump him. Who knows? I think you definitely. I think you you just you have to offer Maxi up to one of these teams to try and get a superstar to come play with Joel. I think you got to go if? for it, man. I really, I really think you can't just sit here and try and build this organically. I know some people would like to do that, but Daryl Morey is not built for that. And nor is yeah. the way this team is constructed right now built for that. We don't have – you're not going to build all this young talent. These guys don't draft well. You can go through Daryl Morey's draft history and draft record. It's not great. He hasn't really found a lot of great players, and he really didn't even draft Tyrese Maxey. So, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just – I guess I, I just – they're going to have to go for it right now. It just depends on what is he going to do, what can he pull out, what is available for him to kind of shuffle the deck here and – I mean, a lot of people would say it's basically just shuffling the chairs on the Titanic. It's that's. Yeah. I mean, probably, like you said, like it probably does end up in us trading Embiid in a couple of years anyway. But right now, you can't. It can't be thinking like that. We have to go out and take care of business right now. Yeah. Would you? Um, would you trade for Laurie Markkinen? I think the Jazz are probably going to want to no, rebuild. I, I don't think. I. I mean, what would it be for the price be? Right. Yeah, probably uh, whatever first rounders we even have under uh, at our disposable disposal. I just don't um, think it fits well, picks, unfortunately. Jaden Springer. Yeah, I don't know. I like, don't know. I think we have to try to try try to uh, hit the trade market, but there's just not you know what deals really make sense. I really think Bradley Beal would make a lot of sense. I just don't think that really gets us over the hill um, at all. I think if they have James Harden as well. Like if James stays and they trade for a Bradley Beal, like I think that's our best chance to maybe yeah get. Over. I, I'm not even talking championship. I just want to get to the to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. That has been my goal for the last seven years, basically. At this point, I just want to get past the second round because they told me when I was in high school, and that was ten years ago, that what, the reason we traded everyone, uh, yeah, that made you feel old, right? Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that when we traded everyone, when we walked away from the Iguodalas, the Lou Williams, the Thad Youngs, the Elton Brands, that we were going to get past the second round. We're, we're, this team is topping out of the second round team. We can't do this anymore, man. And I was all in. We all were. Now we're at the point where it's like we're still in the same spot and nothing's changing, man. It, it's it's these, these guys have easily been the most frustrating team of my entire lifetime. And they probably will when I, when, when I eventually perish from this earth. That they will be the one of the reasons that I perished probably earlier than I should because they they have just broken my heart so many times. You mentioned now, now Nick Nurse being here has just brought back in that that heartache that I felt after they lost that Raptors series the way they did. It, it, it still it still stings me when people were posting that video. I'm just I have to instantly scroll pay like through. I get PTSD. It's just the the sound of that ball hitting the rim over and over again. It just. And the announcers just acting like they themselves just won the championship. It terrible. I'm reliving it again right now, but I guess let's get back. <laughs> let's get back on track. So I mean, we're basically saying it's got to be a trade, right? And unfortunately, if you're getting a guy like a Bradley Beal, you're gonna probably have to give up Tyrese Maxey, right? I mean, that, unless you really think that people have to believe that Maxey's gonna take this enormous step next year and become yeah. one of uh, on the level of a Jamal Murray. Or uh, you know even a Jalen Brown, uh, you know even though he kind of stunk last night, he he really did. You can't say he didn't play better than uh, Tyrese Maxey in this uh, series against us. So, do you think I just don't Nick, know does what Nick Maxie Nurse activate do. Tyrese Maxey to a point where he becomes this All Pro kind of player? Because that's what he's going to need to be if you want to keep him. I don't think so. I just I don't I don't at all. I really do like him, but I think it's you might have to decide between him and Harden. Like I don't know if you can necessarily go forward with both of them. I think you might have to deal Maxi for somebody else while keeping Harden, or if you don't sign Harden, you just you must really have a lot of belief in Tyrese Maxi. You know, if we were to give Harden a three four year deal, then that would we would also have to give Tyrese Maxi an extension soon. I don't know when next, maybe next summer. I could be. I think it might be, be wrong, next summer. It, it's it's coming. It's up. coming up. And. <laughs> that's going to be a, a dollar figure not many of us are comfortable with. No. Especially, you know, when he doesn't take another step or any any other steps that we uh, are apparently anticipating. Then it's going to be a – it's going to look really bad, you know. But 
He can't play point guard, man. He's like six foot. He's a little bit over six foot, maybe six two, six three, and he can't play point guard. He can't run the position of point guard. He can shoot. He can dribble. But running the offense has never really seemed like uh, a strong suit of his. But, again, I would like to mention that we haven't really given him an extended chance to do so, right? It just seems like in in his opportunities he hasn't really shown that that's that's not in his skill set. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of time, people complain about opportunity. Well, to get opportunity, you have to really show something there. And I, you know, I don't think Maxie's a, a lead ball, uh, lead guard scorer. type. Yeah, he's a scorer, and you know, we'll see uh, if he can, if he can really um, get his shot making and shot creating to the next level because that's definitely another step he has to take. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I like, I like him as a player. I thought he was a great pick. He was one of one of very few draft picks over the course of uh, last I don't know how many years that have actually panned out, right? Yeah. So, I, well, I mean, the James Springer one didn't really work out. I think he went. He might have went. No, I, mean, I was going to say he went earlier, but he did not. But either way, I think um, I think the big thing is Ty that it's not anything against Tyrese. He's a great player. He's a good player. But for the way this team is set up now. It just doesn't seem like by the time he even does take those steps that we're going to be it's going to be of any use to us. Like we need players who are re- like ready to go right now. We can't be counting on you to make a step or take a leap in your development when you have a 30-year-old M- reigning MVP on your team and a aging aging point guard in in James Harden who you don't know if he's going to be back or not next year. I guess I really do think that's a big different or big uh, discussion in this is whether or not he comes back next year. Because if he does, yeah. I think, you like you said, you almost have to get rid of him, Maxi, for, for even next... Maxi's own sake, to let his development take off. Cause, and it's just, you just you're not going to get any, like he's the only valuable trade piece you have uh, besides Joel Embiid, which we've already discussed. That's not happening, so stop the, the fantasizing about that, you, you fucking imbeciles who just love the idea of blowing the Sixers up so you can go back down to the games for $6.00 a game and yeah. go and cheer for guys we've never heard of and we still will never hear of and we don't even still think about to this day because there's some people on online who still fantasize over Furkan Aldemir and Sergio oh, Rodriguez running the point. It's it's this. I mean, you people really disgust me. I'll just say that and uh, KJ McDaniel's and people like that. Like, hey man, I watched the Sixers then too. Don't love those guys. They stunk. Uh, like the guys we have now because guess what? We're much better now than we were then. So that's it, I guess. It's either James Harden stays and we get rid of Maxi, or James Harden bounces and we really have are left holding the bag. And I think we just have to count on Maxi to take that next step because I don't think at that point trading Maxi for something would even really. It's kind. Of, I don't really think it makes that much of a difference to be honest. I think you would kind of stay the same at that point, but. Uh, I could talk Sixers all day, man. I really could. But uh, I guess while we're here, you wanted to just uh, – w- what were your thoughts on this whole – I mean, what a great feeling it was to watch Boston come oh so close to making history, pull off what, a, what like a improbable victory in game six with that tip put back by Derek White. And you thought, man I, – I mean, I know I did after that game. Wow, they're really going to do this. I mean, they, they just went into Miami. They stole that – I mean, they gave that game up and then stole it back. I, I was just, I, I was like, this is brutal. This is, what an awful way this is going to happen. I mean, not only do they take us out and they embarrass us in game seven, they're going to make history the next series and be the first team in NBA history to come back from 3 0. But Miami didn't do that to us, Ty. They, they helped us out. They went in and they dog walked the Celtics in game seven, very similar, similarly to the way they did to us. Not, of course, not as embarrassing. Uh, neither of these teams have the uh, laid down like dogs the way the Sixers did in their Game 7. But uh, Boston comes up short. The excuses are being made left and right. Miami and Denver in the finals. I guess all your thoughts on everything that transpired over the past week. And the Nuggets obviously dominated the Lakers, which, uh, you know, then LeBron wants to retire. But he's no everybody knows he's not going to retire. So I guess I'll ask you for your thoughts. Yeah, Robert Williams was apparently throwing up during Game 7. With a stomach virus, so um, also Jason Tatum. I think he injured his ankle literally the first game, yeah, uh, first play of the game. Um, once that happened, I was like, "Damn, this uh, this doesn't look good." And then he was just he he couldn't he couldn't move. Even when he would try to pass it, he couldn't even like put force on his ankle to just 
will the ball to his teammate. Like he he just, he was just a non factor. Um, it, it, was, it felt great. I loved it. I kind of wish. I, I really wish I put a a nice wager on the Miami Heat. But um, what are you gonna do? Good for the city of Boston. Uh, good to see Al Horford uh, play like shit and lose. Good feeling there. Um, Mark yeah. Smart obviously. Love seeing that. They all just complain. Um, that that was my big thing. Jalen Brown laying an absolute egg in that game seven. But now everyone's talking about whether he's worthy of his money is a great feeling. Joe Mazzulla probably saved his job by getting it to game seven, which is great. Yep. I think it's, it's a, not very good. I, I, couldn't have turned out better for the Sixers. Uh, Boston becomes the first city to lose a home game seven to an eight seed in both hockey and basketball in the same season. Awesome. And – they were both South Florida teams. Yep. So shout out to the South Florida. Shout out to South Florida and all of Florida in general. We were all Panthers. We were all Heat. I think the Heat get rolled. I'll probably be rooting for the the Nuggets, oddly enough. But um, I don't know. I'll probably root for Miami just because I, I I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I I I think you're right though. I, I'm kind of I don't really have a rooting interest the same way I did in the Miami Boston series. I just. Uh, I hope the games are competitive. I hope it goes a little longer. I hope it's not what I think it's going to be. I think Nuggets in five or six. Probably five, if I had to guess. They'll probably Miami will win one of those first three games, and then it'll kind of – that heartbreaking game will be game four when it uh, you realize it's over. And then I don't. I, I think Bam Adebayo is just not good, dude. Uh, when I watch him play, uh, when people were talking about the – you know, oh, Embiid for Bam and all that, I'm like, dude, he's not, he's not good, man. He has trouble. He, uh, He's no real like skill. Like he, he couldn't even take Derek White. He couldn't even score over Derek White right at the right, literally five feet from the net. He had Derek White on him, went up and just missed. Um, yeah, he you know he offers you a lot of different things, and he he definitely does play to a, a higher level sometimes, but mainly on defense. Um, to facilitator, he has a nice little jumper, but he just he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't even have the confidence either because like he. No. It seems like he's scared of the moment a little bit. He's in a perfect spot, though, I think, with Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and and um, the players around. I mean, look at Caleb Martin, dude. He he almost stole the uh, MVP of that conference finals from Jimmy Butler. I mean, that dude played out of his mind. Game seven, he was hitting turnaround shots, this and that. I mean, him, Max Struess, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, these guys have stepped up big time. Haywood Highsmith in the first quarter was playing Unbe- well. I mean, like, unbelievable that he's out there. Yeah, I was like, is that – I'm watching the game on my phone. I'm like, is that Haywood High? I was wondering, like, who's this guy that just picked this dude's pocket and took it down the floor? <laughs> oh, okay. That's Haywood Highsmith, former 87ers legend. But, um, yeah, you know, listen, it's – I think the big t- difference of teams like the Sixers and my, maybe even a team like Miami is the way they're able to develop their, those players and turn – a Max Struess and a Caleb Martin into players that could really help them in, in, a, in a playoff series and score 20. We seem to never be able our, our our best guys are Furkan Korkmaz, who can't even get on the floor at the end of the season, or really for the major part of the season. They're just yeah. begging to get out of here because we they just don't – they kind of hit a wall. They don't get really go to the next level or get any better. I mean – Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin looked awesome. I mean, yeah, Duncan Robinson's crazy. He made a ton of money, sat for a while, and now Harrow's out. They're like, dude, we need somebody who can just shoot. But I mean, I'll tell you what, Duncan Robinson threw, was throwing up some cinder blocks in game at the end of Game Six, which yeah. uh, that hurt. And then, and then he's putting his hand to his ear in Game Seven. So basketball's a crazy sport. I love it. But what do you think Boston? Does? I mean, do you think they they're going to probably wind up giving him that three hundred million dollars? I think they that they're in a similar situation to us. You can't. What are you going to do? You going to trade him to somebody? Yeah. Well, the problem is they've had offers before that they've turned down that included Jalen Brown in them. Like, uh, I don't know how official and how you put together these deals were, but Anthony Davis, they were like, no, we don't want Anthony Davis. We have Jalen Brown. No, we don't want who and whoever. We don't want James Harden. We have Jalen Brown. We don't want Kyrie or KD. We have Jalen Brown. Well, now it's time to give him $310 million. And then next summer, it's going to be time to give Jason Tatum $300, $320 million. So, you know, I, I don't think they're going to pay both of them. I, I don't think you no. can. It's going to be $100, $100 million a year from two players at least. Um, so it, it, I think they build around Tatum. I think that's their guy. I think I, I think that's the right choice. I mean, he's, he's, he's shown at times that he is capable of being a top, I don't know, 10, 15-ish player. 
He's, you know, I, I don't know where exactly I, I would put him or how I feel about him, but I think he is a solid, solid player. If uh, Jalen Brown didn't get that All NBA team, he'd be eligible for I think four years, one hundred eighty nine million. Significant difference, um, where you'd probably be able to you know move some stuff around, make it work. Now I just think it's you know you're gonna have to try to maybe do a sign and trade with him in uh, I don't even know Atlanta. Maybe try to get John Collins, or maybe try to trade him for. Uh, you know, I don't even know. Maybe the no Warriors. Idea, I, I, I have a feeling the Warriors are going to shake something up soon too. I, I don't think that they're going to be. A, I mean, who knows though? They, yeah, Bob Myers. Bob just Myers stepped just stepped down. down, so you don't know if the new guy's going to come in and be like, "Hey, you know, he's just going to keep the uh, the boys yeah. afloat," or if like you know, I, who knows? That that's the one. Jalen Brown didn't go to college in Cal, so. I don't think I think Jalen Brown is not going to have uh, much of a, a say in where where it ends up. Unfortunately for him, uh, I, I I I if I was Boston, I wouldn't be that against giving Jalen Brown that money. Just it's a lot of money, but this is a guy who was All NBA and he was good for you all season long, and he's young. I I think that's where the difference between like a uh, Jalen Brown and maybe like me want, not wanting to give a James Harden money is that James Harden's thirty three years old. Jalen Brown's what twenty six. 27 yeah you know so i he's got many good years left in him uh you know i would say at least until set you know seven years until he turns into a uh james harden uh, james harden just uh has fallen off a cliff recently but i i guess uh, i don't know i have a little more faith in him than uh, maybe some of the guys that we have the options of bringing on but Brent again williams is a free agent you can't really build um, a team think. when you're paying two guys 600 million dollars combined so that's what i'm saying like smart i think it's smart Brogdon, um, Horford's decrepit guy? body will be walking away at some point. Uh, Hort, Hort, <laughs> Smart, Robert Williams, uh, Brogdon, and Derek White, I think, are all have two years left. So, you know, if you do pay Brown and Tatum, uh, most of those guys, if not all of them, are probably gone. You might be able to keep Robert Williams, maybe, but he can get if Mitch Robinson, Mitch Robinson can get a lot of money. I think Robert Williams can definitely get a lot of money. He offers you a lot defensively. He gives you some athletic. He can give you like a DeAndre Jordan-ish player. Um, so, yeah, a lot of those guys are probably gone. I mean, Derek White earned himself a lot of money. Shut down Derek. Uh, Jimmy Butler shut down um, James Harden when he was on him. He shut down a lot of key players when he guarded them. So, he earned himself a lot of money. Malcolm Brogdon, they already paid. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they might have to shake, him up, shake it up just because they're kind of being rushed. Uh, to shake it up, even though everybody, their core guys are young. Uh, you know, I think losing Ime Udoka was huge, huge for them. I think that that really, uh, that could have been what the deciding factor in their season, honestly. But now they're stuck with Joe Mazzulla. We'll see what they do going forward. If they have another da- disappointing year next year, or a disappointing finish, I should say, then uh, maybe the pressure will be on him to, you know, fire him and look for maybe Doc Rivers. Bring him back. Sounds like Doc might end How up. How funny in, would that uh, be? That would be sick. Doc might end up in Phoenix. I mean, talk about yeah, lucking out for that guy. I mean, he's going to end up in the in the golf capital of the world, and he's going to have <laughs> Katie and Devin Booker to uh, coach. And I'm Hopefully, sure Chris th- Paul again. Yeah, and uh, they'll be moving. Yeah, Chris Paul will probably be out of there, and so will DeAndre Eight. Yeah. So uh, you know, and, and I guess you, that if he goes to uh, Phoenix, you don't have to worry about James Harden going there. So um, yeah, I, 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 it's. Good to see Boston in kind of the same situation that we are, and somehow I just think we have a, a, a better path to. Uh, I think we have the be- we have the best player of the, of the both teams. Even though Tatum had a good game seven, I just uh, you saw what you needed to see from him. He he got carried by a lot of good play from Brogdon. Those guys forgot how to play basketball once they got to that Eastern Conference Finals. Brogdon got hurt or whatever happened to him, and those Marcus Smart threes and those Derek White threes weren't falling with the consistency that they were in the uh, Sixers series, it seemed like. And yeah. Maybe they just play better defense, and they're just better teams. But um, I left this uh, Easter Conference playoffs thinking, I mean, even though it really went sideways at the end, I, the Sixers still aren't that far off. And uh, I'm bought back in again, unfortunately. This, this Nick Nurse <laughs> thing has really turned it around for me. Uh, it's just uh, it, it gives me it gives me faith again. I'm not saying they're gonna again. Like I've told you guys a million times, I want to preface this. Don't have confidence that they win a championship. I don't think they've shown us anything that they can that can think so. I just think the East is wide open. It was wide open this year, and you were that close to being in the Eastern Conference Finals. 
I think you with a couple little adjustments. And I think Nick Nurse, I, I like having a psychopath head coach, whether it works or not. He's on the same wavelength that I am, so I will uh, ride or die with him until it goes sideways. So there's that. I'm still doing. I'm still doing gloom. So. Um. Oh, I mean, I, I'm totally with you. Like it's uh, until I, I have confidence that things are just going to break our way, and until they don't, then that's when I'll turn back into doom and gloom. But I don't think. I mean, I just don't think James Harden is going to wind up going to Houston. I really don't. I I don't think they. I don't think it would make any sense for them to sign him to a big contract like that. We shall see. We shall see. I I guess I'm more always, hoping too, but I, I, even I, but even if they do, that's fine too. I really I really think there's a path no matter what. There is a path. When I heard the reports early in the year, I was like, well, the season's not over yet. One, two. I mean, look how good we are compared to how bad Houston is. Um, I know they're probably going to end up with Brandon Miller, which would be a solid. I mean, they're going to have a solid core with uh, Sengun. Seng, Sengun is it Sengun or Sengurin? Sengun or something like that. Sengun, yeah. Alperin Sengun. Him, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Jalen Green, uh, Kevin Porter. I think they have to probably trade one of them. Um, and then Brandon Miller. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty good. Tari Eason had a good year as a rookie from LSU. Um, go Tigers, of course. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, it kind of sucks we don't have a draft pick at all in this draft, which is uh, you know, how the, how did that happen? But uh, Sam Hinkie would not have let that happen. No. I can promise you that. Um, we would have a second round pick somewhere in there, maybe all of the second round picks. But um, yeah, I, I still, I guess maybe I'm a little like not confident in him actually wanting to go to Houston and them also wanting him to come back. I don't know. I don't know if they would, you know, how they view him. What if he stunts the growth of their young guards because they're they, you know, Brandon Miller is a ball dominant uh, wing. He's he's a big player, but he, you know, wants the ball in his hands, does well with the ball in his hands. If that's who they pick, if they somehow end up with Scoot Henderson, which I doubt, but if Brandon Miller were to go number two, <coughs> um, Scoot's another ball ball dominant guard. So, you know, do they really want to bring back an old James Harden who still, you know, has some of the same tendencies? No. When uh, you know some of their best young players are 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 guards, so we'll see. I, I I'm still not really sure. I, I guess maybe I could see him wanting to go back. You know, oh, but, I could see him wanting to go back. The first, like right. that makes sense. I just for the if I'm the Rockets. I just don't know why I would want him specifically to come right. to Houston. But, yeah, I mean, I maybe it. they just – especially for the money that he's going to want. If it was like a two – same thing, like two-year deal, and maybe he helps them grow or whatever, and then by the, that time they can get a real, you know, guy that's more on track with them. Maybe, you know, like not Jalen Brown, but somebody like that, like a younger guy who's going to be available, was an all-pro. You know, he comes into the fold, and then they take that next step. You know, I think yeah. with James Harden, even a four-year deal, you're you're at max a play-in team, or you make the lower end of the playoffs, and you get worked over by the the Grizzlies or, or somebody like that. So we've seen what James Harden does in the playoffs and in elimination games. And he's getting old, so yeah, he, yeah, you know. So if he's your number one guy there, basically, and you're hoping that these other guys take these steps, I just I have a tough time believing that. I'm just holding on hope that the Sixers get uh, Damian Lillard or Damian Lillard becomes available or they can get a, a Bradley Beal and they can have a somewhat of a big three that kind of just, you know, give support to Joel Embiid. And maybe maybe Max maybe bring uh, Westbrook step. in. No, thank you. He, okay. That man's cooked. So uh, I guess we should talk about the Phillies and just the MLB in general. Phillies 25 and 28 at the moment. They are six and a half games back. Of the Atlanta Braves, who they just split with uh, after Dylan Covey came in on Sunday Night Baseball and got destroyed. Uh, That was one of the most embarrassing. Dodger legend. I'm just chilling there watching this on TV, and I'm like, okay, well, don't have to worry about that for the rest of the night. I can just check out on that and can go about my days. They are only two and a half games up on the Washington Nationals. It is – it's not the end of the world right now. They are still within – you know, shouting distance of the Atlanta Braves, and you can tell they're not that far off skill-wise for sure from them. But it's uh, they've just have had a big time struggle playing consistent baseball. Their starters have been pretty bad for the most part. They only have two starters essentially uh, with Wheeler and Nola. Uh, Walt- Tywin Walker's giving you some good stuff. He's really just hit or miss. Rangers not ready really to go nervous. yet. And uh, they have they don't have a fifth starter, and that has killed them because then they go to guys like Strom, 
who did a good job for a while, but then they put him back in the bullpen and they barely use him now. I guess they're kind of trying to save his arm for later in the season. They don't want to cook him. But now, I mean, Bailey Falter couldn't even – he couldn't get the ball across the plate. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> he could get the ball across the plate. 92 right down the middle. And uh, guys were having their, their way with that, similar to Dylan Covey throwing batting practice on Sunday Night Baseball. So uh, they really just need to find a fifth starter option. And it just uh, – it's – very similar to old school Phillies, uh, which I know you're familiar with, although you are uh, not a devout fan. You uh, have you've been around here. You followed them. Your Dodgers are in first place right now. The congratulations, but they're, they're, yeah, they're having a very down year uh, in first place. Uh, actually, funny enough, they are they are brutalized with injuries. They have a starting five. They have a starting rotation uh, on the injured list: Walker Bueller, Dustin May, uh, Julio Urias. Uh, Kershaw was on it for a little bit. Tony Gonsolin was on it. <laughs> it's been rough. We have Noah Syndergaard out there. We have to pretty much settle with Noah Syndergaard throwing him out there every five days and saying, you know, he's going to give up five runs or six or seven or eight, but we need at least five innings from him. And that is just terrifying. Um, so I think they need to make a trade, get maybe Lucas uh, Giolito from the White Sox along with Tim Anderson or Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas from the Brewers. Willie Adamas, did you see what happened to him the other day? No. He got hit. He was standing on the top of the dugout and a, uh, an absolute smoked line drive uh, foul ball came in and hit him right in the face. Oh, that's uh, awful. one of the first times I've really ever seen that. He, he wasn't looking and then he turned right before the pitch was uh, thrown and it just got – I mean, it was crazy. I've never seen somebody at the top of the dugout get – Get hit in the face of the ball, really. I mean, you okay? think it would happen more. Uh, he 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 has left us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think Jesus he's okay. Christ, he's yeah. okay. Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, I would have heard that. Like, but um, it was pretty brutal. But uh, you know, I think we need a shortstop and an arm. I think the do- the Phillies are going to be in the market for an arm. Um, Seems like, like the White Sox uh, are going to blow it up. That's the thought. Uh, they should. Everyone. They should always blow it up. They've uh, t- year after year. Uh, I think hiring Tony Larusa really set them back, but. Yeah, the Phils are going to need – they're probably going to need a bullpen arm too. I think, you know, Jose Alvarado is a stud. Um, I think Greg Reeves, Soto, I know he has some issues here and there, but I think he's he's got some nasty things, nasty stuff. I think you can pretty much count on him most of the time. Not all the time, but relievers are very odd people. Uh, for some reason, they still have Craig Kimbrell closing games down. I don't think they should keep doing that. He is striking guys out still. He's throwing is, um, 97. I think that's the big thing. They just need somebody out yeah, there to so trust the first strikes. Uh, the problem is he's still giving up 2.25 home runs per nine. That is not good. Well, about his more. ERA has was blown up from that one uh, <laughs> performance out in L.A. where sure. um, Max Muncy hit an absolute dick missile <laughs> off of him to uh, finish the game with a uh, yeah, grand slam. We know too much about Mr. Craig Kimbrell's uh, antics as we had him last year. His FIP, FIP, Fielding Independent. I, f- I forget what the P stands for. Pitching? Uh, yeah, there you go. Obviously, it's pitching. Uh, <laughs> I am. It's lower than his ERA, which is good. Um, but he's he gets rocked sometimes. He's a very odd pitcher, but I think he, he's he been eh, so far. Andrew Bellotti and Connor Brogdon, I thought they were both kind of nasty last year, have, uh, haven't really played well this year, pitched well this year. Um, same thing with Sir Anthony. I feel like he hasn't really been, been his usual consistent. self. Yeah, no one's really been really? consistent. Relievers are odd. I mean, even Aaron Nola. I mean, his strikeout numbers are down. You know, his, his home run numbers are a bit up. Again, Zach Wheeler's been having a good year, but, you know, how, how much longer can you count on Zach Wheeler being your, you, you know, carrying the pitching staff? You know, Aaron Nola for sure uh, has top-of-the-line stuff, but uh, when he's firing 92 down the middle, it's, you know, not great. Also, like you said about Tywon Walker, very inconsistent himself. Uh, his ERA floating in the fives. Um, Ranger Suarez... Still, you know, not himself yet. I think they need. They should maybe. Uh, I don't know if Andrew Painter gets the call, but I feel like maybe by September he can be a uh, maybe give you some innings out of the pull, out of the pen or something. We've seen some teams. The Angels have called up two of their top pitching prospects, uh, even though they probably weren't ready. Um, just What's that guy's name? Like ben Doyle sinkers. or something? Yeah, that guy was just Ben smoking. Joyce. Yeah, Ben Joyce is yeah. throwing sinkers as as hard as he fucking. Can. I like that's what the Phillies need. Please don't have any yeah, guys that just of, come up and go, you know what, listen, man, I don't plan on throwing a breaking ball. I'm just going to throw this ball as hard as I possibly can. Yeah, and, you know, the good, the Dodgers have done it recently. They called up Bobby Miller. He's out there pumping on her every pitch. Uh, maybe maybe right down the middle, but 
you can get away with throwing 100 down the middle sometimes uh, as long as you throw that hard, uh, even if it doesn't move that well, that well. So if Mick Abel or Andrew Painter are ready to give you some kind of consistent innings, if you are making a playoff push, again, that's a long ways away. Who knows? So many games left, then. man. Who knows, right? Um, do the Phillies have any, uh, any serious injuries that I can think of off the top of my head right now? I mean, Reese Hoskins was the one that's kind of hurt them. I yeah. think they're going to have to get a first baseman at some point or, or at least another power bat to maybe even if a guy has to play third and you keep Boehm at, at uh, first. I just think you need to yeah. get a one-year uh, problem solver or even if you want to go for the future and get somebody uh, and maybe you'll let Reese walk at the end of the year, unfortunately. But you have to do something to help this team this year. So I think you're going to need a bat. And uh, you know maybe the the answer could be Bryce Harper's probably going to wind up playing first base uh, after the All Star break is the discussion uh, here. So I I mean I can't imagine he's that bad at, at feeling the position uh, worse than Reese Hoskins because he he wasn't necessarily that great at feeling his position. But I think they're going to need a bat possibly, oh, yeah. uh, and I think they're definitely the going to need a pitching uh, a, a pitcher a starting pitcher. And I just don't know, you know, where they're going to get it from. I think the Athletics are going to have some guys available. I just don't know if anyone really wants any of the guys on their team. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want anybody yeah, from and, that team who's about to set a record for highest team ERA in world baseball they history? They just dominated the Braves last night, so thank you for that. They did. But um, no, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, what do you? What really is a redeemable piece from an 11 and 45 baseball team? Uh, there's not much I can see. Uh, Brent Rooker. <laughs> If you want to trade for Brent Rooker, I mean, I think that the, the Phillies need a bat for sure. I mean, if you look at their their home run totals, they only have one guy with more than six, and it's Kyle Schwarber. Um, and he's hitting one seventy, one sixty eight to be go. exact. Jesus um, he's walking, he's walking Always a does. lot, which is good, but he's striking out a lot. So, you know, three twenty three. Hey, he's a higher on base percentage than uh, Alec Baum. He does not, actually, two points b- below Alec Baum, who is also uh, having a great year, doesn't look like. No. Um, leads the team in RBIs, but eh, He hasn't been yeah. horrible, but it's just um, an- another situation where he's just kind of, now he's moved his position. He was getting comfortable in one spot. Now he's got to play another spot. Yeah. Maybe Derek he's Hall comes boy. back because he's coming back from injury. Christian Pache will be coming back at some point, yeah. but you're going to wait around Christian for the Pache. guys like, yeah, like, and he, the thing was, he was starting to turn it around a little bit here. It seemed like he was, he he really was hitting well against lefties. I mean, he yeah. wasn't playing every day, but um, you know, it, it was good to get Marsh out of the lineup every sure. once in a while. Yeah, see, that's the guy. That's what I'm talking about. We have Cody Clemens, <laughs> Garrett playing, Stubbs, and Jake Cave, Edmundo Sosa. Uh, Jake Cave's hitting Duffy. 500 in AAA right now, for the record. But uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, what, yeah. the starters wise, though, real quick, uh, I think you mentioned Mick Abel. And Andrew Painter, I don't see either one of them really making an impact this year. I think if you're going to see a guy come up, it's going to be Griff McGarry. He is uh, one of their uh, top ten prospects. I don't really have a thought either way or much faith in him either way on whether he becomes, you know, the next Bring one or he's going to be 24 by the time he makes his uh, major league debut. He's, um, I think he's in Clearwater or he's in Reading right now. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but. Um, yeah, I'm just not um, not going to get too excited about any of that. I think they need to go out. If you're if you really are who you say you are, and you're trade and you're giving three hundred million dollars out to shortstops, and you're going to be one of those teams that wants to chase championships and chase the World Series, then you need to go out at the deadline. You need to get a, a Giolito, like you said, or so like be in the market for those kind of yeah. pitchers. Um, I don't know. Uh, Lance Lynn, uh, that's also another. I think the White Sox are really, the, the thought is they're going to strip it down. I think the Rockies yeah. are going to have some available guys. I don't know if who, who you would want, but it's still early. It's still only June, and a lot can change in the next month if somebody takes a, a, a tail slide backwards and, you know, this guy becomes available or that guy or, you know, you never know. So I guess yeah, it definitely a- looks like they need some bats, though. Uh, their their bats have just not been really performing well. JT Real Muto having a down year. I mean, oh man, three home runs. He's not walking really at all. Bryson Stott, you know, I think he's he's fine. He's cooled he's a fine off a player, little bit, but um, a, yeah, yeah, he's cooled off. J- uh, Trey Turner has still not really been able to turn it around. Uh, pardon, no, no pun intended there, but I think he's somebody you you count on, right? You count on him, Nick Castellanos. Yeah, better I mean, he's hit this 300, year, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, he's at least him. 
Marsh, Real Muto, Bryce. I mean, Bryce and Trey Turner have like the same war, and Bryce has played half as many games, less than half as many games. So he's not uh, You really need to see. Same. Yeah, you really need right, and and you really need you really need more from Trey Turner. I mean, that that, that yeah. him turning into turning a big second half would be like another uh, trade deadline acquisition, right? So uh, if Pache comes back from injury and can provide provide something in the outfield, that would be huge. Kyle Schwarber, like I said. Really needs to turn it around. Not ask for a 280 uh, average here, like some people. Uh, he can hit 200, but he, right now he's only hitting 168. So yeah, <laughs> definitely need that to turn around. Alec Baum, kind of the same thing. I I don't I don't know, man. I don't I just I don't think this is um yeah I, this team just doesn't move me. It didn't move me last year. Uh, they made that crazy run, but uh, just on paper stats, eye test, they don't really move me. I don't know, and they shouldn't. You would be a lunatic to to sit here and say that this team is going to... I think JT is always good for one hot streak a season, so I think that's going to come at some point in the summer where he starts to rip the ball up, gets his average back up. You know, He'll hit around 250, 260 or something like that, and it'll be called, it'll be called a good season. Like He yeah. pretty much does every season. Boom, it, it, it really... He kind of is... Again, like we kind of just went through hit and miss. I think you're right. Trey Turner is going to have to make that jump. I think they're going to have to figure out something at first base, whether that be Bryce Harper or uh, bringing in a bat and moving D, you know, DHing this guy or DHing that guy. I think even bringing in a bat, maybe an outfielder or a first baseman, one or the other would be nice. Uh, and I, I think preferably, I think a right-handed power bat would be uh, of most use. I think that that Reese Hoskins hole has been left, and I think it needs to be filled somehow. Um I don't know who would be available. It doesn't, on the surface, look like anyone's just, you know, screaming out readily available. I would like uh, CJ Crone, but uh, I don't know if he's going to be the Crone Zone. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not exactly tearing the cover off the ball this year, so I don't think he'll be crazy, uh, you know, expensive. He's thirty-three. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think that's like a guy you could definitely get for not crazy uh price not giving up one of my top you know three four five pitching prospects or something like that i think you know like a christian walker from the diamondbacks would be somebody but he's more expensive right yeah I think he has a couple if you play more. in dodger stadium christian walker will have a barry bonds type season yeah that's for sure so, so. i mean and christian walker's good he's from the area too i think he's from doylestown or something Is he? yeah did not know that so i, I don't think that would be a hard one get zach allen Ooh. That would be awesome too. Like I, they just need a pitcher though, and I think uh, CC is not going to be available, right? Uh, CC, no, 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 yeah, CC Sabathia is not available, but Dylan uh, CC or whatever the fuck his name is, um, Cease, Cease. There you go. Yeah, that'd be very tough to get Dylan Cease. Uh, I don't think Kopech would be available either. But other than that, I think honestly, Eloy Jimenez could be available. I think you could definitely get a nice little package of a hitter and a pitcher from that. Maybe even a reliever. Liam Hendricks just came back. Yeah. Um, so we shall see what they. Still I, a lot again, of time. I think they're, the central is really bad. They should be able to rack up some free wins against the Kansas City Royals, um, against the Detroit Tigers, but they're they're not really a good team themselves. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe the central is really just five future, four future teams and one decent team in the Minnesota Twins. Who I actually do kind of like. I think um, a team like the Brewers or Cardinals might also shake things up at the deadline. Uh, if they kind of fall off, I don't. I, I think the Cardinals stink, honestly. But who knows? They could look to move Paul DeYoung, a shortstop. They could look to move Tom uh, Tyler O'Neill, an outfielder, or uh, Miles Nicholas, decent-ish starter. Uh, there's a, the, pretty much every year in MLB, there's always some uh, some movement at the deadline. And uh, I think the Phillies should uh, should probably be in the sweepstakes for whoever the top pitcher is. Yeah, and and sometimes those guys don't become apparent until. Right around, you're like, whoa, whoa, that guy's available. Yeah, literally yeah. right at the de- like right at the deadline. You know, a team's like, you know what, we're done. We just had an injury. We're seven games out. Why even bother? So, um, yeah, I I could see that being maybe the Mariners. Probably, probably not. They probably would fall off, but uh, maybe the Cubs. Maybe they want to sell uh, Justin Steele, or maybe Marcus Stroman becomes available. We shall see. We shall see, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, quickly before we get out of here, your your Blackhawks will be getting the first pick, and they will be taking yes, Connor Bedard. So things are going to be great for you. For my Flyers, not so much. Things are rough, uh, but they do have Jonesy. 
and and at the Keith helm, Jones. president of hockey operations. I I think honestly, I, I it does feel good to have at least a little bit of direction and somebody who kind of is not a robot and not going to treat us like an asshole like Chuck Fletcher did, kind of acting like he was smarter than everyone and continually running the team into the ground. Uh, it just uh, it, whether it works or not, I think to have a little bit of a sense of direction feels good for the Flyers, and that's how kind of low the the standard the bar has been set and i think this is a good step of kind of getting that standard back and uh it's always good to see our whole you know nick cousins and sergey bobrovsky and radko gudis in the uh, stanley cup finals so yeah there's that (laughs) they have the seventh pick they have the number seven pick uh who do you think do you know any names no i really don't preference a position uh i mean they need everything so i just i think they they just Best player available. I heard they're uh, listening to offers on Carter Hart, which might as well, I uh, guess, I mean, right? I mean, if you have a franchise goalie, is he also is he a franchise goalie? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's you have to listen to everybody. You, yeah. you don't necessarily have to trade them, but I think you really you you you're well, not took, in a position to be uh, holding on to Carter Hart. It's not like this thing could be turned around next year, even though it could, because crazy shit happens in hockey. I don't find it uh, very possible for that to happen here. So, I mean, you kind of just have to get um, as many picks and get as many assets as you possibly can. Yeah. After they went heavy on defense and goalie and pretty much none of those guys panned out, I think last year they went with that kid, Cutter Gauthier. He's probably going to be a stud. Uh, I think they took him top top five, right? Or top ten? Top ten for sure. I know, yeah. (laughs) I think this year, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, if if that kid uh, Mishkov, if he makes it to them, that's an automatic slam dunk. The problem is he's signed in the KHL for a couple more years, so uh, you know maybe he never. And they comes don't over. like picking. That's... They notoriously don't pick Russians, so I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. still yeah. A franchise uh, Zach standard. Benson, uh, really good. Uh, it doesn't look like there's really many top defensemen. Uh, David Reinbacher could be a good pick, but I think they're going to end up with a pretty good forward, pretty good top six, top nine forward. Uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, probably my favorite. Of the bunch, if again, Mitchkoff, Matt Vai, Mitchkoff, if he's available, you, I would take him. But I guess, like you said, if we are anti-Russian over here, uh, they'll probably settle for you know. Th- there's a lot of good players in this draft. If Will Smith fell to them, that would be a slam dunk. But it's looking like he's getting top five hype. Um, so we, sh- we shall see. It's going to be a pretty good draft. It looks like um, I finally have a reason to watch it. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully they take the dart and don't fuck it up. And you can get right out of there after. You can see your guy get picked, and you can just turn it off. You don't have to yeah. continue to uh, watch it. I can it, hear so. the whole hockey world boo, which I will love. But it's going to take some time for them to get back to being good, probably like three, four years. They do have a lot of picks this year and next year. So I don't know. I don't know what the Blackhawks are going to do. I don't know what the Flyers are going to do. But the Flyers, new new faces all around the top of the organization, which is always good. Uh, I'm seeing a couple of the – I just like to always look at the old uh, mock drafts and see – Yo, Mark. Uh, and I believe this guy's saying we're going to pick Oliver Moore. Does everything at a high Oliver pace Moore. with a skill set that is reminiscent of Detroit Red Wings forward Dylan Larkin. The Flyers have talked about the need to add top-end skill to their prospect group, and Moore has the ability to be a top-six center after he develops his game at the University of Minnesota for at least one more season. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, especially because I don't know when you're going to see uh, Cutter make his, um, his first appearance Cutter. in the NHL. I don't know how name. far away he um, is, but uh, yeah. Also, University of Minnesota—that's a goddamn juggernaut. Um, saw them play at the Frozen Four in Tampa this year. They had one of the best lines in hockey, uh, just in general. Uh, I think it was. I'm trying to think who was on it. Cutter looks so um, elite, though. I mean, to have a name—he's like pretty that, good. Yeah, he's a cutter. Um, yeah, hockey names are just are just awesome. Sick, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Flyers can muster up. Yeah, it's a way far off. I just wanted to give them their mention because I have the first good thing I could say about them. The last episode I did, they called them a dumpster fire, and I went through Chuck Fletcher's whole record as a GM and how horrible he's been. So it's good to see that he's gone. And, uh, you know, thank God he didn't. Honestly, one of the best moves maybe was him not uh, signing Johnny Gaudreau as much as I want them to, uh, just to give me yeah. something to watch at least, you know. They, they don't have to be saddled with that kind. Con- I mean, unfortunately, the Flyers have been screwed in recent years with guys like Ryan Ellis is never going to play again. They're just stuck with his contract. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, you know, Couturier blowing a disc out in his back, and he can't play last year. And 
Cam Atkinson missed a lot of time. Kevin Hayes has missed time. Even though these aren't great players, it's just like whatever could go wrong has gone wrong uh, for the and Flyers. Will and will go wrong. And it seems like maybe for the first time we have a little bit of positivity to uh, float out there. So, Two, two top ten picks back-to-back years have something to build on. Yeah, and I like Cutter. Sign me up Cutter. for Cutter. And, and like you said, like they can get somebody. Uh, Ryan, was it Ryan Leonard is another guy that's on this um, – Ryan Leonard. I believe I went to school with Ryan Leonard. Uh, you may have, but he's also going to school with Cutter this year. So <laughs> there you uh, go. So that would be kind of sick to get both of them and have them, uh, you know, bro up here for the Philadelphia Flyers. So we have a little bit more uh, happiness to. Right now on this guy's list, he's the number eight ranked player. So that would be that would fit in perfectly for. For the Flyers. All right, let's get out of here, Ty. Uh, it's been a great episode. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will be back later on this week with a MMA episode. We will have a full breakdown of the Amir Albazi and Kai Kara France card, and we will have picks, bets, predictions, everything you could need, and some MMA talk. Uh, we will also talk about the talk. boxing talk. We will have a, uh, a kind a of a discussion on the first episode of the Ultimate Fighter, which comes out tonight. So does come out tonight. I will miss it, but I will hope to watch it. Uh, I'll watch it before Friday. Thing. Yeah, you can watch it on yeah. ESPN Plus. It's uh, it's on there uh, uh, immediately. So there you go. I can't wait. I'm excited to see Timor Valia win. He's my pick of the year to win this uh, this whole thing. I can't wait um, to see the the face shove. That's my favorite. Uh, I just want to see. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Connor act on Rooley because he's never going to fight. Uh, unfortunately, that's uh, speaking like, of which. Uh, I don't know. I he's, think back he's back in the, in the pool, the, but I mean, this guy is a booze bag, man. He, he is out there just partying <laughs> all day long. Now he's calling I Matt think. Brown a heroin addict. Uh, well, you know what? Let's save all this discussion for the uh, for the MMA pod. But um, yeah. Also, real quick, have you watched his documentary? No. On Netflix? And I'll have to watch. Very that good. Too. Very good. It's a four part uh, series. Very good. Uh, I wish we could get more. You know, kind of in the build up to the Chandler fight, if that happens. But like you said, we will talk about that in depth. We will talk about him possibly being the most overrated fighter ever. All right. um, no, I'm just kidding. I was trying to get Not out of here go before. There. Not going to go there. So stuff was, uh, Not going to go there. Not going to go there, but that's about all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, join us later this week. Thank you for listening. Peace.